environments for you to grow in your walk with God. And so this is one of the ways that we do that here at our church. And so we're in the middle of a series that we're calling Don't Stop Believing. If you've been with us, it's been a great series. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to the book of Luke chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. Uh, We're going to be considering today, if you don't actually have a physical Bible, but you have an electronic, a phone, or a tablet, uh, you you can find actually all of our notes and the title of our message, the verses we're going to read all on your electronic. We have it in digital form. You can download uh, an a app on your phone called the YouVersion Bible app. It looks like this on the big screen behind me. And so once you have it, we actually have an instructional video for those of you who are visual learners like me that'll show you how to do it. And so all you have to do is um, download the YouVersion Bible app. We're going to run that instructional video right now. And once you've downloaded it, you go to the bottom right. You see that little cursor? Go to the bottom right, and another page will pop up, and it'll say events. And once that um, page events, uh, I'm sorry, another page pops up. The third one from the top is the word events. You You tap on events, and all this little map will show up. And you'll see Doral being your church. You're looking for the one that says live, the red letters live. And you click on that and boom, don't stop believing. Chapter five is there with all of, my ver- all of our verses. Luke chapter five, verse 31 and 32 is right there as well. And so today I wanted to ask all of us if you would st- we would start off today by saying the word influence. Can you guys all say the word influence? Say it again, influence influence. Several years ago, I decided with a team of people that we were, on a Sunday morning, not going to go to church. We were going to go be the church outside of the walls of the church. So on a Sunday morning, when typically we would go to church, we decided to go to this community event that was here in Miami. And we went to this community event armed with packs of gum that had little cards and information about God and how much he loves them and some information about our church. We went with hundreds of packs of gum, um, hundreds of bracelets that back in the day, I don't know, not as popular as much today, but a couple years ago they were very popular, these rubber bracelets that had the words on these. It said, smile, Jesus loves you. And then we had balloons, hundreds of, maybe about a hundred balloons we had. And we brought our, rolled out these helium tanks on these um, dollies we had with us. And we would blow up these balloons that said, smile, Jesus loves you. And so we went to this community event and we gave those out. And we gave those out because we wanted to be an influence in this community event that was happening. Now, this community event, uh, it was a community event that I have to say, I have to admit, there were times when we were there where I felt like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? It was a community event that had been hurt. People of this community had been hurt by, many of them had been hurt by the church. And here we are, trying to represent God, represent the Bible, represent the church, and we're going into 
a group of people that have been hurt, um, have maybe rejected, uh, and so I didn't know how we were going to be received. Even though we were going with really good intentions and really good heart to just love and to serve and to give and see if there was any conversations that would pop up as a result and, and, and talk about God and pray with anyone or even maybe lead someone to Jesus. And so we went thinking that, but I have to say that while we were there, there were many thoughts running through my mind that were saying, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> um, because I don't know how I'm going to be received. And it reminded me of this verse that we're going to read today. Luke chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. And, and Jesus said these words, and he said this. He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it is the, can you guys help me out? The sick. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance, but I came to call sinners to repentance. I have to tell you about my experiences. I'm there, and we're giving out the packets of gum and the balloons and the, the bands, the, the wristbands we're giving those out. People were looking at us and saying, I knew there was something different about your church because we had the name of the church. We were wearing shirts. And I knew there was something different about your church. I knew there was something different about you guys. I have to tell you, about half a dozen conversations I personally had with people that were saying, you guys are different. I, I knew there was something. I've heard of you guys before. I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, to a community of people that I thought we were going to be rejected, we were actually very much embraced. And I feel like God has called us to be influencers. And, you know, one thing that we've been saying throughout this series is that when you know who you are, when you believe in who you are, what? You will know what to do. When you believe in who you are, we've been saying it week after week, actually for the last five weeks, we've been saying if when you know, when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. And, and so that's, that, so when you believe in who you are, I, I want to remind you that if you are a follower of Christ, you are an influencer. God has called you to be a, a divine change agent, a divine influencer into this world. Jesus says two things. He says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Notice that he says you are the salt, not of your, your friends and your family only. You are the salt of the whole entire earth, right? And you are not just the light of your community, but you're the light of the whole entire world. And Jesus says, when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. Look at the words of Jesus again in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. He said this, you are the what? Everybody together. He said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, but if it, the salt loses its saltiness. Let's just pause there for a second. He said, if salt loses its saltiness, 
How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the salt of the earth. Now, you may say, well, what does that mean, the salt of the earth? I mean, how, how relevant is that to me? The salt, me, the salt of the earth? Let me, let me explain a little bit about what salt, the meaning of salt. Because see, back in the time of Jesus, in the Roman time, salt was immensely popular, immensely valuable. Actually, it was considered the second most valuable commodity in the world at that time, salt. The number one was the sun, the S-U-N. They believed the sun was the most valuable thing, and then after the sun came the salt. Why? Because back in those days, we didn't have like refrigeration like we have today. And so the salt, what it would do, all these modern conveniences that we have today, the salt would act as that. As a matter of fact, people used to get paid in salt in the time of the Roman Empire. Instead of gold and money, they would get paid in salt. You ever heard that that phrase? People have said, he's worth his weight in salt. That's where that phrase comes from. Back in the day, you used to get paid in salt, with salt. Now, you may have also heard of that expression that says like, oh, that person is the salt of the earth. And that kind of means, well, they're just an all-around good person. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, oh, they're just an all-around good person. No, no. He's saying, look, you are a really bad person that has been transformed by the, a really good God, and now it is your job to take this transformation that you have and be a divine influencer in your community and in your world. You are an influencer. Can you guys say, I'm an influence? All right? So so let's talk a little bit about what salt does. Here's a few things. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Salt, number one is, we just mentioned it, it preserves. It's a preserver, right? You put salt on stuff and it, and it preserves. And Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. Your job is to be a divine preserver. You're supposed to preserve life. You're supposed to help people not ruin their lives in an eternity in hell. You're, so, you're supposed to help preserve people to go to eternity in heaven with God. What else does salt do? Salt purifies Salt purifies, and so just as salt purifies, God wants all of us to be an agent of purification in an impure world, right? Where this world is being so impure, God is calling us, be the salt, be someone that purifies impurities. What else does salt do? Salt creates thirst. If you ever go to a restaurant and they serve you chips and salsa, in the salsa there is a bunch of sodium, or salt, and in the chips, there's a bunch of salt, and the idea is that you'll eat so much of it that you'll get so thirsty that you'll order more and more drinks and drive up the bill, and so they want to make you thirsty, and Jesus is saying, hey, that's what I want you to do. I want you to create thirst in people for the things of God. I want you to talk about me to others so people say, I want what you have. Why are you so full of joy? What is it that you have? I want it. Salt creates thirst. What, what else does salt create? Salt actually melts things. If you're from up north like I am, 
you know that salt is used very often to melt what? Snow. Very good, Gap. Ice as well, absolutely. When you go outside and where I lived up north, we would get snow up to here, your knees, and you just throw some salt out, and all of a sudden you had a path to the car, right? You would throw a bunch of salt, and all of a sudden you had a path to the car. It melts, and God is saying, that's what I want you to do. You're the salt of the earth. I want you to melt the hard hearts, those cold hearts for the things of God. I want you to be that salt that melts the heart, the cold heart of stone. I want you to meet that softened people. Everybody say, I am am. the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Yes. What else are you? Jesus also said this in verse 14. You are what? Everybody help me out. Jesus said, you are also the light of the world. You didn't say it loud enough. Let's say it again. You are the light of the world. He goes on to say, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Makes sense, right? If a city's on a top of a mountain, top of a hill, it can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, what is he talking about here? Neither does anyone put a lamp, <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, under a bowl. What is he talking about? Okay, so let me tell you the context, because anybody hearing that in the time of Jesus would have absolutely known what he was talking about. What a Palestinian home looked like in the time of Jesus is they had one window, one window, and, and then what they would do at night, if they wanted to stay awake and see, they had to light a candle, and it was a lot of work. They didn't have lighters or matches back then. They had to figure out how to make fire and light this candle. It was a lot of work. Sometimes it took a lot of time to just get this candle to light. And so once you would get the candle to light, you never wanted it to go out. But you also didn't want it to burn your house down either, right? So what you would do is you would grab a bowl like this that would have a hole in the middle of it. And so what they would do is they would put the candle there, and they would put the bowl on top of it with the hole just big enough next to the window so if the wind came, it wouldn't blow out because the bowl would protect the flame from blowing out, but the hole allowed it to breathe and it would continue to burn throughout the night. And so if they needed it for whatever reason, they would just take the bowl out very carefully because you and I know it would be very hot, right? And so this is what Jesus is saying, nobody, right? If you're in the house, you don't want to cover up the light You want the light to shine, right? And he says, as followers of Jesus, don't ever cover up your light. In fact, in verse 16, this is what he says, in the same way, because you are the light of the world, what should you do? Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine. Come on, everybody, help me out. Jesus said, in the, I can't hear you, in the same way, let your light shine shine before men that they may what see your good deeds and they will praise your father in heaven you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world and the world needs your salt because it's impure the world needs your light because it is very dark you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the entire world. When you believe in who you are, you will know what to do because you are light, 
You don't run from darkness. No, you shine into darkness. Because you are salt, you don't run from impurities, but you sprinkle. God uses you as an agent of change. Everybody say, I am. Say it again, I am the salt of the earth. Say, I am the light of the world. Say, I am a Christ-empowered influencer. And my life will make a difference. That is who you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are a Christ-empowered influencer. Your life will make a difference. You may say, well, I don't feel like I know enough about the Bible to really talk about Jesus or to talk about God. Look, it doesn't matter what you feel like. This is who you are. Well, I need to know more about, I need to come to church more before I can talk about God. I need to like memorize some verses. No, no, no. That is who you are. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I just want to give you two very motivating phrases today that I hope will inspire you. To, this truth will, will get deep in your hearts and, and you will be the salt of the earth and you will be the light of the world. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. As the light of the world, as the light of the world, we're going to believe that my light spreads. As the light of the world, my light spreads. All right? Like, you, you, you don't ever have to, like, force your way, you know? You don't have to have to be like, oh, oh, you know, people are going to look at you and you're like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm trying to spread my light. And they're like, you look like you need to go to the bathroom, right? We, we don't have to force ourselves to spread the light. It just happens. It just happens when you have the light inside of you. Because you're a follower of Jesus, it is who you are. Because of what God has done, when you believe in who you are, it's just a natural overflow of who you are, and you just let it shine. I'm going to tell you a story about two guys in the book of Acts chapter 16 that I love. These two, they did very simply by their salt and light living impacted anyone who was close by, and their names were Paul and Silas. And they'd been transformed by Christ. I mean, miraculously transformed. And everywhere they went, they were being told by the authorities to, shh, don't talk about that. But every, they couldn't help it. Everywhere they went, they wanted to talk about Jesus and talk about his transforming power and what he had done for them and to them. And they were different and they had been changed. And so everywhere they went. And so what happened because they wouldn't, you know what happened? You know what would happen to them? They were flogged and tortured and beaten. And in those times when you were beaten, you were beaten 39 times. And you were beaten with this whip that had shards of glass and nails in it, just enough to when it touched your flesh, it would rip your flesh out and you can see your internal organs being exposed. And so you were, you were beaten and flogged. Oh, and on top of that, 
you were stripped down, naked. Now, I don't know how you feel about stripping down naked in front of people, but it's pretty shameful, right? And these, these guys, they were stripped down, naked, completely naked, not on their own volition, against their will, stripped down naked. And then after that, they were beaten 39 times. And then after that, the Bible talks about, and, and I read it when I read the, the, the beginning part of this, you know, typically I would read the story and I would just gloss over that. But then this week, as I was wanting to talk to you guys about it, I, I stopped on this part where it talks about how they were, their, lo- their legs were put in stocks. And I want to just, I, I looked it up, and, and this is the way they would do it. They would actually sit you on your bottom in jail, chained up, and they would take your legs and spread them as far apart as possible. They would stretch your legs, and they would, you would be in a stretched position as long as possible. It would cause cramping in your legs. It was a lot of pain for hours and days. That's how you were tortured in those days. And let me tell you, when Paul and Silas were there, it's not like they were thinking about, okay, so we're here. There's a bunch of prisoners around so, you know, we got to let our light shine. We got to be a witness for these people. So, you know, how about let's bring a Bible study. Let's talk about the Bible to these people. Oh, man, you know what? I can't really reach my Bible. Um, so that's not going to work. Oh, what about the memory verse for today? Let's talk about the memory verse we're supposed to memorize today. No, you know, I don't think that. How about we sing a song? They didn't really like strategize about what they were going to do to be witnesses to the other prisoners. They just. Let it be who they were. They just were, you know, this is who we are. They didn't like, hey, we're, we're going to make this happen. No, they just, this is who we are. We're, we're tortured, we've been beaten, and what we're going to do is we're just, they started praying. Look at what the scripture says there. Acts 16, 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. It's amazing to me. They didn't come up with a plan. Hey, they're listening. What are we going to do to like influence them? No, 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 no. They, they, they said, they just, this is who they were. And they didn't go through any of this. It was just simply who they were. And because they believed in who they were and believed that they were the light that would spread, it, it's a little bit like the moon at night when it shines. We actually have a picture of the moon that we're going to show you. I believe, right now. It looks like that. You see how it's shining? It's a bright moon. But let's just get technical for a moment, okay? Is the moon really shining? What is shining? The S-U-N is shining. The sun is shining on the moon, and the moon is what? It's reflecting the sun. The moon is reflecting the sun. And that is what our lives are supposed to do. Our lives, we just let our light shine. And what we do, it's not our light, it's the sun's light. But this case, in this case for us, it's the S-O-N that is shining on us and we reflect that and it spreads to others. That is who we are, okay? And so now the, the kids' church that just came up and sang their I'm in the Lord's Army song inspired me. It made me think of 
of a little kid's song that I learned when I was growing up in church and went to vacation Bible school, and maybe you know this little song. It's a song that we would sing, and it would go some, I'm not going to sing it for you, because if I did, you would say, Pastor Abdi, your light is not shining right now. <laughs> your light is actually getting dimmer as you sing. Don't, sh don't sing. So, so, but maybe you've heard of it, and you can maybe help me. Do you guys know which song I'm talking about, Letting Your Light Shine? This little light of mine. All right, let's sing it. Let's see, ready? One, two, three. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it. We need Donovan back up on the mic. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's how it is. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And then there's another part, right? There's another part in that song where this little light of mine, it says, hide it under a bushel. No. Very good. Some of you guys said no. That's very good. You were listening in vacation Bible school. I want to just uh, commend you because, you know, you have to listen before you get the cookies at the end. So some of you guys were listening. I appreciate that. So hide it under a bushel. No, right? Don't hide it. Don't hide it. You're going to let it shine. And then there's another part in the song that says uh, something about let Satan, what, right? Don't let Satan, what is it? Anybody know? Don't let Satan blow it out. That's right. Where I, when we were kids, we would say poof it out. And we like the word poof because we would do it to the kids next to us and it gave us a chance to spit, poof it out at each other. So just that these are boy things that we would do. But poof it out. Don't let Satan poof it out. I'm going to let it shine, right? And so, so, you know, there's two reasons why maybe here today we have lost our saltiness. There's two reasons why maybe here today our light is not shining. One of them is that we are hiding it under a bushel without anybody to know that we're a follower of Jesus. The other one is that maybe we've allowed Satan to poof it out. And so today my prayer is that if you're hiding it, that today you would be like St. Paul who said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, that anywhere and everywhere I go, I'm going to let people know who Jesus is and what he's done. All the time and any time, I'm going to let people know what a difference Jesus has made in my life. And maybe if you're here today and you've allowed Satan to poof it out, that by the Spirit of God, he will light a fire in your heart that would say, no more. I am on fire again for God, and I'm going to shine bright for Jesus and what he's done in my life. Can someone say yes? yes? I'll give you an example of this. I remember when my sister, my older sister, 13 months older than me, she was in the hospital, at Baptist Hospital here in Miami, because she was diagnosed with cancer. And we had people that came in, back in and out of the hospital, and they were visiting her. And I remember how the staff on that cancer ward were just taken back at these different walks of life, older, younger, different color. Everybody was coming to visit 
my sister in the hospital while she was sick. And there was one particular nurse. I think her name was Susie, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. She was so impacted. She's like, wow. I remember her pulling me aside and saying, what is it about you guys? Like, they're, I, I mean, we were in a, a critical situation, right? It was not a good, it was a death sentence she had gotten. And, and you know, there was some crying and there was some snot, um, uh, some of my even snot flinging and, and stuff. And, and, and we were singing and laughing and, and crying some more and hugging each other. And, and, and at the same time, she was deeply impacted. She's still at Baptist Hospital. I just saw her there the other day. And, and she, I remember her being so impacted, like, what is it about you guys? Why, why is it that you guys are like, like there's something about you guys. I just, I noticed there's something about you guys. Even so that when we had the funeral for my sister, she took the day off and came to the funeral service. And she's like, I just wanted to be around you guys one more time because just know there's something different about you guys. There's something about you. And I want it. I want what you have. And so I, I, I look, look at what Jesus says here in verse 26. Well, actually not Jesus, but what happens in Acts here in verse 26 this is what happens when Jesus shows up as a follower of Jesus. You just let your light shine and it spreads. Look at verse 26. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake. You guys, God shows up and he's showing off a little bit here, right? And, and, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. And everybody's chains, they came loose. And the jailer woke up. I guess he was sleeping on the job. Not a good thing to do as a jailer, but he's sleeping on the job. Mr. Jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now, you may say, well, why would he do that? It's because he knew very well that if the prisoners escaped, he would be publicly executed. And so he didn't want to be publicly executed, so he just decided, let me kill myself privately so I don't get the shame of being publicly executed in front of everybody, right? But Paul, he says something to him in verse 28. Scripture says, but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. Don't do that. We are all here. Now, to me, this is amazing. It's amazing on so many levels because I have to tell you that if I was in prison and there was an earthquake and my shackles came off, I would probably be like, you know, see ya, bye, I'm out of here. But Paul and Silas don't do that. On the other hand, surprisingly, they stay. And not only do they stay, they talk to the jailer who was probably the one responsible for beating them, stripping them down, putting them in their chains, and they talk to the guy who probably had hurt them and says, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. You know, it's what so many followers of Jesus would do. What I did. See, see you later. You know, this is a, a dark area. I, I don't want to be in darkness. 
This is an impure place. I don't want to be where there's impurity. I, I'm gone. I, I don't want to be, because look at all those people with all those tattoos, and look at all the people with all their spiky hair, and, and look at all those people who are talking and smoking and alcohol, and ooh, I don't want to be there. I, 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 I don't, yuck, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in the darkness, right? I, I don't want to be with the folks in the LGBTQ community. I don't want to be with them. No, 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 get me out of here. But that's not what we're to do if we're followers of Christ. We're, if we're followers of Christ, we, what do we do? We let our, our light shine. We shine into the darkness. And this is what Paul and Silas did. They stuck around and they said to the guy, hey, they could have left, but they said, no, 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 don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Don't harm. We are all still here. And what did the guy do? What did the guy do? The guy said, I mean, Paul and Silas, they just showed him love. And the guy was like, okay, I, I've seen your lives. I've seen your faith. I've seen your passions. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want what you have. What could I do? I, 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 I want to know what could I do, this act of love. I, I, I want it. It's amazing what can happen when you see darkness as an opportunity to shine your light into it. It's amazing what could happen. I remember, I'll give you an example of this. Right at the beginning of the school that my boys go to, we had open house. And my wife and I, we went to the open house that was there. And at the end of the open house, the, one of the classrooms where my oldest was at, that was the one, we're walking out. I'm walking out, I think Marie was still with my youngest in the classroom, and as I'm walking out, one of the dads pulls me to the side. He says, hey, excuse me. He said, listen, I, I just, want you to, um, just want you to know that um, I noticed. I noticed when you and your family walked into the classroom, there was like this light that shined. And I just wanted to say, I noticed, and thank you. And I was like, cool, man. Thank you for saying, I appreciate that. that. That means a lot to me. And I remember driving home that day thinking about the years that we've been at this school. Now, this place is not extremely dark at all, but it is, you know, that most people there are not followers of Jesus. And so we, we're, we're, I remember the years of us being at this school and Marie and I just deciding we were going to pray like crazy for the people, for the parents for the students, for the teachers, for the administration, like crazy for these people. We're just, this is where our kids go. We're just going to pray for these people like crazy. And so we would get invited to their birthday parties. And their birthday parties would get sometimes a little bit out of hand. It was like a kid birthday party. What is going on here? But you know, we would go on purpose and their weddings, we would go to their weddings. You know, we got invited, we, we would go. The dads would invite me to go have breakfast with some of the, I, I'd go have breakfast and some of the family dinners, we'd get invited with some, because their kid, not because it was Pastor Abdi, but it was just because I was AJ's dad or I was EJ's dad. And yeah, just come over, let's have dinner together. Your kid and my kid play together. So why don't you guys come over and they could have a play date and we could hang out and, 
And so we would, and we would, we would said yes to as many opportunities as we could go to, and we still want to say yes, as many opportunities we can go to, because we're looking to say, hey, we're going to just show up and let our light shine. If there's an opportunity to share Jesus, if there's an opportunity to pray with someone, if there's an opportunity to lead someone to Jesus, if there's an opportunity to just help conversation happen where people get, you know, uh, um, a little further along in their journey, we want that. We're all about that. We're just going to let our light shine. And it's been so rewarding to know that over a strep, stretch of time, and you can check this out, that this, this guy, this dad did this. You know, he noticed over these years, his, wife, his daughter has been coming to the school, and he just, he pulled me aside, hey, I noticed something different about when you guys walked in to the room. I noticed there was a light. He even said the words, a light. You had this light, this glow that came as you guys walked in. I love that. And so if you're taking notes, the second thing is not only is your light going to spread, but you need to understand that your salt and light living, it brings about transformation. If you're taking notes, it brings about, it's what it does. It brings about transformation. Your salt and light living, it changes lives. And that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they stood around and they said, we're all still here. Don't go anywhere. And verse 29, the jailer called for lights and he rushed in and he fell trembling before Silas and Paul and he brought them out and he said the most powerful thing, what can I do? Well, I want to know. You, I've seen your lives, kind of like that nurse Susie that was at the hospital. I've seen you guys in and out of this room and, 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 and there's something different about you guys. What is it? And I want, I want what you had. You, you, you've created a thirst I've seen you, you worship when you shouldn't be worshiping. I, I've heard you preach when everybody else told you to stop, right? I, I've seen your God act, right? I, I've seen you in critical situations, how you've responded. And so I want to know, what must I do to have what you have? And here's what they said. Believe, this is what they told, Paul and Silas told the jailer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Call upon his name, and you'll become a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things, the old is gone, the new is here. Call on his name, and you'll become God's finest, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Call on his name and you'll become God's highest ranking diplomat sent from heaven to earth to represent him to everywhere you go. Call on his name and you'll become his instrument. His instrument. You'll become a champion that God has called you to be by the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony. When you call on his name, you'll be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You'll never be the same when you call on him. And here's the deal. When you believe in who you are, church, you'll know what to do. When you believe in who you are, you will be the salt and the light. You can't stop it. It just happens. It just happens. There's a friend of mine 
that I've been developing a friendship with over the years, and it's the greatest compliment that he could give me. I want what you have. And I just said, let me tell you, you can have it. It's not positive thinking. It's not discipline, self-discipline. What must you do to have what I have? Listen, just call on Jesus. Just call on him. I'm telling you, call on him. Call him. You may say, well, nobody ever does that to me. Nobody ever says, you know, I want what you have. That's not a real common occurrence to come up and say that. Listen, oftentimes, I find that salt and light, it works best over a period of time, over a long period of time. I'm telling you, what's so rewarding to me about that is that, you know, friends of mine that I've had for years and years, that's when they come out and they say, yeah, I want what you have. Uh, if I can, Jen, I hope I don't, you know, I'm going to talk about Jen for a second here in the second row. Jen's been coming to our small group, God Is. In, um, on Wednesday nights, we've been doing a small group, and this small group, God is, is, is for people who are new to the faith, people who are exploring the faith, and people who are maybe recently baptized, and they're kind of wanting a little more foundational truth about who God is. And so we, we were talking, and she shared, I hope you don't mind. Uh, okay, cool. She shared on, on, on Wednesday, she's like, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'll tell you. Um, she shared about how she came to church, how she came to the Doral Vineyard. She came because she had a longtime friend that she's had this childhood friend of hers. Over the years, this friend of hers, they've maintained a relationship on Facebook. And this friend doesn't live here in, in Miami, lives in, in Jersey, and came to visit. And when she came to visit, she said, I'm going to church. You want to come? And she said, sure. And Jen will be the first one to tell you, I'm not a church person. I don't, like, go to church. Every, I never grew up that way, going to church every Sunday. Now I find myself going to church all the time because I want to grow. I want to learn. See? Some, you guys see what I'm saying? Your light spreads and it shines. That's all. You just have to be who you are and people want what you have. Would you close your eyes and let me pray with you in this moment? What's so amazing to me about this story in the book of Acts is the story about this jailer is that you know, they're in Philippi. This is where they're at, the city called Philippi. And many people believe that it was the single event, this single event, that brought about the birth of a whole church in Philippi. Two people sharing with one guy whose whole family was changed that overflowed into a church. That's what you call light and salt living. It's what you call that, light of the world, salt of the earth. You're not just a regular person with good morals, right? That's not who you are that goes to church, no. You are a divine change agent. You're an undercover influencer. There's times when you work behind the scenes, and then there's times that you work where you're, you, you shine boldly for him. God has created you. That is who you are. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And so, God, I pray for everyone that does claim you. I pray that your spirit would seal this truth in their hearts today. 
so that they would be the salt and that they would be the light. And as you're praying today, those of you who would say, you know what, I do. I want to be salt. I want to be light. I want to be a great influence for Christ in this world. If that is you, I'm just going to simply invite you to stand with me right now. Just stand with me right where you're at. Stand right now. You say, yes, that is me. And I want you to think about for a moment about individuals. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. It could be your son. It could be your daughter, your brother, your sister, someone in your, maybe you're in school, in your chemistry class, someone at the gym, you know, someone in your office. It could be, you know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, your boss could be your dad. I want you to think about those people that you know and that you love and that don't know the freedom and the power and the grace available to them through the risen Christ. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about those people. Bring their names to the front of your mind and just kind of quietly or even in your mind, just say those names before God. Just say those names. And we're going to pray so God, now, now, now we pray for those people and we acknowledge that you love them even more than we do, God. And as much as we want them to know you, you want, you want to know them even more. And so God, we ask for miracles, just like you did in Susie's life, just like you did With Jen, Lord, we pray that, God, that you would give us the greatest honor of being just one player among the many players that you bring into their lives to point them toward life in Christ. God, give us the opportunity just to be close by, believing that they will come to know you. And when they do, God, we'll give you all the glory for another life that has been transformed. Make your children salt and make them light. And as you keep praying today, there are those of you who would say, you know what, I don't quite understand it, but I do see something that I want. You may say, well, I remember when this one, you know, this one guy was in college and he had this moment where he came to Christ and I was like, man, I don't get it. That guy is so full of joy and I mean, he doesn't even seem to need the things that he used to need. And if you see something like that, And you say, you know what? I want that. Let me just tell you what that is. That is a divine thirst that you have, a thirst for something more. Because let's just be honest, many of you, you've tried everything you can in this world. You've tried more money. You've tried more things. You've tried more relationships. You've tried more experiences. And you've tried everything and none of it fulfills. Why? Because you were not created for this earth, but you were created for eternity. There's a longing inside of us. Someone once said, you have a God-shaped void that only God can fill it. And he can fill it through his son, Jesus. And the problem is that you may have tried to move toward God, but there's like this wall, this barrier. Let me just tell you that there is. And that barrier is our sin. And our sin separates us from a holy God. But God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus, that whoever calls on him would not perish but have eternal life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And there are those of you, you know there is something more and you want it. 
We want to invite you to turn from your sins today, to call on Him and let Him tell you what He will do. God will make you new. All your sins, He washes away. You'll be filled with the Spirit of God. You'll be changed in a moment. And that is why you're here and you know it. Those of you who would say, you know what, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm ready. Jesus, take my life. I give it to you. I want to know you, God. Save me. Make me new. If that's your prayer today, I want to invite you to lift your hand with me right now. Just lift it up. And let me just see you. If I see, I see that hand up here. God bless you. You can put it down. I see that hand in the center here. God bless you. Anyone else? Just lift it up. You say, I'm here and I know it. I'm ready. Let's do this. God bless you here. Those of you who are saying yes to Jesus, say, God, take my life. Who else is here that would say that? God, take my life. I want to give it to you. All together, would you just, everybody, pray aloud as part of the family of God. Just pray, Heavenly Father, say it aloud. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Make me new. Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. Make me yours. My life is not my own. It belongs to you. Make me salt. Make me light to influence this world for your name's sake. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the salt and light people in the house took a moment to thank God for his goodness, for new life in Christ. Yay, God. Let's celebrate one more time. Thank you, God.